All right. Make sure my pages are pulled up that I'm probably not going to reference back to. All right. And... Welcome back, everyone, to another installment of Friends and Family Month on Screenplay Rewind. I'm Jeff. I'm Ron. Bro, we've done five of these. That's crazy. Uh, unheard it feels of. Like, it feels like we just started these. Maybe it's because I lost a lot of years of my life to taming the T-Rex. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that was Tam a thing. <laughs> taming the T-Rex. It creeps. It crawls and strikes without warning. <laughs> without warning. Look, I enjoyed that movie, and I'm still exhausted from it. So Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I just, I feel, it really feels like someone just took my brain out of my head and stuck it in another body. Yeah, I hate it when that happens. Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah. Every time every time someone steps on my foot and I end up in a coma, I, I wake up <laughs> in another body. When you get in a, a fucking pillow fight with a mountain lion. <laughs> every testicular standoff, I end up in another body. Testicular standoff. It creeps, it crawls, it strikes without warning. <laughs> We're, uh, we, when we uh, hear us talking about that quote, we are referencing the amazing poster on the Imdaba. I movie. would legitimately put this on my wall. Also, uh, just sidebar, how do you have the opening title card of this movie, which is fucking amazing, by the yes, way? Yes, I love it. How is that not on your poster? Because it's fucking awesome. It's so good. The fact, the fact that they made that in 1951 is amazing because that thing is legitimately like fucking next level I, 70 years later i get the feeling that the poster was made first probably i could see that that would be my guess i could definitely see that yeah but uh just by the way huge thank you to everyone who has participated in friends and family month uh if you just look back at the selection of the last five episodes it is just like the perfect encapsulation of what we want from this feature we do because yes. in what universe would you and me pick some of these movies for the show it wouldn't happen never so would it have happened a, it adds a lot of versatility and surprise and you know for better or for worse you get like us just like what the fuck did we it, just watch either way the podcast themselves were a fun time yeah it's always fun to do the like sometimes you know you watch a movie as, as long as you're able to kind of like have the catharsis of talking it out with a bud, you know, it always makes like when you watch a bad movie with friends, it's always much more fun. Right. You know, you, you always have that kind of engagement with uh, the audience or with friends, you know, just in any way you can make it like a kind of community involvement. It, it always makes it a lot more fun. So, yeah, huge thank you to everyone that's participated. And Ron, would you like to introduce what our movie is uh, for this week? Uh, we have one question, but let's just introduce the movie real fast. Our movie this time came in from my dad the thing from another world from 1951 the precursor to john carpenter's the thing yeah it's crazy which uh, by the I, way I, I see where he pulled his title from because the thing is featured prominently in all of the marketing and even the title of the movie itself and from another world is like a subtitle almost underneath it yeah and, and what a beautiful way to uh, get inspired by a movie and still pay homage to it with their right. title. Uh, it's crazy. I have a poster uh, that we've talked about before uh, of John Carpenter's The Thing on my wall. It is probably my favorite movie of all time. 
I had never see seen this. I had never seen this fifties version. Uh, this was my first time today watching it. My uh, dad, at least the last time he saw them, preferred this movie over John Carpenter's. I can see that if uh, if you are from, you that, know, like that era. point of <laughs> yeah, from that era, from like that point of view where, and we'll talk about it. I think the way this movie is structured to reformat what this original story of uh is, of what it's based on into a pure 1950s sci-fi kind of like they, they basically like took the story of the thing and turned it into a universal monsters movie because yes. that's what that's like what the thing to do back then was that was all that was all everyone wanted that was all everyone wanted back then was we got to figure out a way to make our own type of universal you know creature which they did uh, james arness is basically frankenstein's monster basically uh and they have a you know very sciencey side plot to like what is making him work as far as like the plant life stuff that we'll talk about yeah it's very very <laughs> interesting very in very the days before the exposition computer there was the exposition scientist yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh before we uh, talk about the thing from another world uh which is officially i think our ending to friends of Hemi month uh we went uh with the bonus one we hit, hit five back-to-back weeks of episodes pretty crazy a new stretch yeah uh what's uh what's our question for this week that you had for us our question is not for us my wife okay. christina uh, thanks for listening everybody have a good night <laughs> <laughs> my wife christina has a question for the listeners uh-oh we wait we have listeners it turns out Believe this it or been not, on this whole time, <laughs> <laughs> I picked this up at a garage sale. It was, it was just for decoration. I was trying to impress my girlfriend. <laughs> I have a podcast. Date me, Ron. Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> <laughs> um, she asks the listeners, my wife, not your girlfriend, which podcast episode of Friends and Family Month was the best one not the movies we watched our reactions to them interesting yeah i will be interested to hear the outcome of this I, if i, I had to too. imagine i would yeah. imagine it is either going to be tammy and the t-rex that was my guess or uh moulin rouge because i feel like those were the most like unhinged episodes <laughs> mostly because i was unhinged the entire time. <laughs> I feel like Moulin Rouge for like the first 15 minutes, like you were under the impression we both didn't like it, and I was under the impression we both did like it. <laughs> like, I feel like we were both confused, but yet we were talking back and forth and agreeing on things. <laughs> it was yeah. so it was so weird. It was so and, weird. and even then, like you liked it, but you didn't uh like love it. And there are aspects of it that I hated, but I talked about like there's some stuff I genuinely like really like about it. It was just like, a weird, weird reaction because yeah. like you were, you were, you know, you liked it, but you basically said like if it's on in the background, I'll kind of pay attention to it, but not really, you know, like not very glowing endorsement. And parts of it I liked, parts of it I hated. Uh, yeah, it's been a very interesting month, but it's you know it's always fun to just have stuff picked for you so you're outside your wheelhouse. Otherwise. Every fucking episode would be like a Lovecraftian thing. <laughs> right. To me, you know. Yeah. Uh, so no, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a fun. good time. It's been a good year. 
What's been uh, your favorite? What's been your favorite favorite one to record, Ron? The Memories of Murder. Oh, to record. Uh, I I gotta say it's gotta be Tammy and the T Rex. I feel like during that episode, (laughs) I was just that GIF of Stephen Colbert with the giant bucket of popcorn and the 3D glasses. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh man. Uh, yeah. It has to be that one for me to watch. Though was Memories of uh, Memories of Murder. Yeah, Memories of Murder is absolutely fantastic, and it is actually criminal that i had not seen it and until j- just this year it that led me down the deepest rabbit hole i've ever gone on a movie i think right yeah uh i was talking to soapy about that and he said he did the exact same thing the first time he watched that movie <laughs> he spent it. like the entire next day like we did like going through wikipedia pages looking up documentaries because like you cannot help but get sucked into that case just like those detectives did in the movie like you're along it's, for the ride yeah it's such a a bizarre chain of events that or that occurred you know that for all, a lot of people get, like time. like uh like you and myself like it went under the radar like i wasn't familiar with it and, and you never heard more it. about it and it's so interesting and so fascinating and so sad that you're just like how did i not hear about this because it yeah like you said just very very bizarre uh but yeah i i think the most uh fun i've had recording was taming the t-rex uh <laughs> did you, it had just like did that, you have that fun? i had fun recording about it i was <laughs> fucking mad for like 90 percent of that movie <laughs> oh my god good as times. soon as paul as soon as paul walker gets fucking mauled by the mountain lion and doesn't have a goddamn <laughs> scratch or bandage on him i was like all right <laughs> fuck y'all <laughs> not even I've, a ketchup packet nothing i have I have mentally checked out of this film just like your costuming department did. I am out. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's 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 a uh, that's a good one. I'm excited and terrified for what awaits us next year in Friends and Family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, seems man. like they're learning what the way we actually designed Friends and Family Month to be. Yeah, and, and uh, they yeah that scares uh, me. They all seem to be in agreement of like trying to alternate between good movie, bad movie. <laughs> so we're always going to be in for like, yeah, they're learning. They, they creep, they crawl, they, creep. they strike without warning. <laughs> they pick Timmy and the T-Rex without warning. Uh, yeah. Oh, so man. next year we're in for a couple of, uh, you know, potentially awesome movies we're not familiar with or we'll revisit, you know, and terrible terrible monstrosities that uh <laughs> will make me sad and very angry i'm sure but it'll be but yeah, a good time it'll be a great time it's always fun to record so yes if you would like to write in and tell us you the audience member please listen uh if you would like <laughs> to write in and tell us which episode was your favorite to to listen to and i'm gonna go ahead and tack on which was your favorite movie out of the lot as well so favorite episode that we did and favorite movie i'm curious yeah i am curious as well so yeah, you can write into us uh you know into the the youtube comments you can email us screenplayrewind at gmail.com or you can also send questions for ron and myself to you know discuss at the beginning of each episode like we do uh or on twitter at spr filmcast which by the way on on twitter uh you know how i've been talking about like leaving twitter because i'm just sick of the just crazy shit happening all the time and just the nonsense I finally got my email uh, for Blue Sky. Uh-huh. I got my I got my invitation and I started to sign up for it. And I was like, I'm too lazy for this. And I just <laughs> ignored the email. 
I can't be bothered to plug in my fucking email and create a password. It's like, you know what? Because once I create this account, I'm going to have to go through the trouble of trying to find the people that I follow on Twitter. It's like, fuck it, man. I don't care. I don't need, that is, I don't need another social media page that bad. It's got to be the most Jeff thing I've ever heard of. Yeah, I was just like, please, I'm, I'm, I'm on the Titanic begging for a lifeboat. It's presented as like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Y'all like, have fun. It's like you're trying to get in to uh, what was it? Was it the Stork Club? What, 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 what was the famous, the famous club where all the movie stars hung out? Oh God, uh, I can't remember. The, the Flamingo, the Stork. Well, it was a bird, <sighs> right? The Iceberg Lounge. Was it the Iceberg Lounge? <laughs> yeah, it's a penguin. <laughs> 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 I could just see you in that era finally <laughs> getting invited to go, but you had to like write your name down on a clipboard as you walk in. You're like, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> and you just go across the street to a bar. It is <laughs> like, just the most arbitrary bridge too far. <laughs> like you skip I, the rope and everything, but I uh, you know. I'm, I not, even, I'm not interested suddenly. I got the code in the email that you have to have, and it's like, download the app. So I download the app, and I click it, and it's like, sign up. I'm just like, you know what? I'm good, man. I don't fucking care. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I thought you, can, you would you enjoy that. You can have that. your blue skies. Uh, yeah. I'm waiting for Planet Namek's green skies. <laughs> Oh, oh fuck, Lord. dude! Yeah, I thought you would. I thought you would appreciate that anecdote of <laughs> just how my life works. That's the most Jeff thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, we talked about in the uh, the last episode. Uh, your dad had uh, picked this because this was uh, something that he watched as a kid for the first time, right? Yes, I don't know exactly when the movie came out when he was three, so I doubt he saw it in theaters. I don't know how old he was when he watched it. Uh. I'll see him tomorrow. I'll I'll ask him that and follow up. I'm curious. Yeah, uh, well, I'm sure we've already talked a little bit about the plot, but uh, spoilers for The Thing from Another World, 1951. Also, just because you have watched John Carpenter's The Thing, this is a completely different story with completely different characters. And uh, one of my favorite things I've learned about this that I didn't actually know, because I always assumed that the Carpenter version, because, you know, like they have like, the title card homaging it, right. and it's clearly influenced by it, sort of. Uh, but have you ever looked up the original story that both the movies are based on? No, but this one being so different, I was very curious to see if it was on, like, Audible or something. Yeah, it's super interesting. Okay, so the original story that both of these are based on, and this movie credits it as, you know, based on the story of who goes there, even though it's completely different. So what's fascinating about this uh, the thing from another world completely changes the story of the novella. Okay. And the Carpenter version is actually incredibly faithful to the novella down to really? them even having the same character names from the majority of the characters, uh, like McCready, Blair, pretty much all the main characters from the Carpenter version are characters from the novella. Interesting. Uh, because the novella, you know how like this movie, how we talked about how they basically took the premise of the thing of it imitating in like an invasion of the body snatchers type way. And they just converted it to be a, you know, Universal Studios monster movie. Uh, all of the imitation stuff is in the novella. Really? 
Yeah, it's fascinating. They So they have this, like, core concept that is just ingenious, and they were so, they like, beholden... It. They were so beholden to the times that they probably couldn't get it made unless it was a monster creature feature, you know? They, like... They probably, if they had submitted that script, which is, you know, an amazing story, like the concept for the thing with like imitating people and just like that, like uh, that perfect use, uh, like we talked about in our original uh, review of it, but, you know, like that perfect use of, you know, just the isolation and the paranoia and just one of like the, the most ingenious and simple, co- like, char- like, uh, not character concepts, but like, you know, like creature concepts and just like story concepts of the setting and this monster's abilities and just completely retrofitting it for a movie in the era was probably like the most interesting interesting thing about this movie to me as someone who absolutely adores the Carpenter version and is just like a nerd for movies in general because it's interesting to see them make it this way. I don't know how like, you felt about it. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely interesting because the thing that I did not expect was for it to be basically Frankenstein's monster. Even, well, you even know what all you the way down it, right? to the North Pole. So. <laughs> Why? You know what you didn't... It, it strikes without warning. Yeah? <laughs> I knew <That's> it. Right. <laughs> I, I, I could just see it crawling towards me that you were going to say that. <laughs> you fucking creep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it. I don't know. It. It's an interesting and weird moment in time, right? Like, for... On the one hand, you feel like this is a pretty typical movie for the 1950s, but it's also strangely a little bit ahead of its time. Like, okay. If you watch as much Mystery Science Theater as I have, it's very easy to think of every single black and white movie from the 40s, 50s and the 60s under like one lens, just under one category because the acting is all very similar, the way they talk is all very similar, it's that rapid pace. Uh you got to spit out as much dialogue as possible. As a lot of nouns, a lot of word salad as possible. But this movie is actually it does a lot of those tropes, but it does it better than most movies I have seen from the era, either just straight up watching or uh, through Mystery Science Theater. But it's got some weird tones to it, Jeff. It's got some weird tones. It's it's bizarre. You know what's also like, interesting is like you're talking about how it's kind of like ahead of its time. Um, Not far, but a little bit. The, the, the tone of this is very Twilight Zone, but this yeah. predates Twilight Zone by eight years. So Twilight Zone has like a decent amount of the thing from another world energy of that kind of like incredibly dry character work based around like the core concept. You know how like in the Twilight Zone characters only exist to like push push forward the concept basically. That's like what this movie is to a T. Uh, Like I couldn't tell you anybody's name except for the main captain guy. You (laughs) know his name? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah because because it's like it always sounds like they're saying henry but it's like hendry which is weird and because I, I i made note of that because i was like i swear to god they're all saying henry <laughs> but he's credited as hendry and everything and i don't know uh but yeah uh let's so, let's talk about the uh directorial credits real fast okay uh, so it is directed by christian uh Nibi. uh uncredited is howard hawks who it was listed as kind of like an ep in this movie which is 
based on it uh on the way that it's talked about online from what i've seen it almost feels like this is a little bit of a poltergeist situation uh have you ever seen poltergeist or do you know of like so spielberg was an ep on it and toby hooper is listed as the official director but pretty much word of mouth and kind of like hollywood history has informed the fact that that movie was not him it was pretty much all spielberg it seems like this was a similar thing because if, if you if you actually look around at a lot of like the the kind of gossip around this movie it, it almost feels like howard hawks like made this movie really weird always strange when that happens uh but uh the Charles letter boggles. john w <laughs> howard hawks he creeps he crawls <laughs> he strikes without a warning <laughs> uh Let's see where I was at. Uh, where was I at? Oh, uh, Charles Letterer, Howard Hawks, again, uh, uncredited with part of the writing. Uh, and Ben Hecht also uncredited as, as the uh, one of the writers. And uh, John W. Campbell Jr., who had written the Who Goes There short story uh, or novella. I forget which uh, link that was, but the original story that all these movies are based on. Uh, I, I almost don't know how much time we need to spend on the cast because... <laughs> it is a complete afterthought in this movie yeah this 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 movie could not care less about its characters which is really weird uh considering but not, this but, whole but, movie so, is the characters so it's weird okay yeah so it sounds like it's a negative thing when i say it couldn't care less about its characters but that's not a damning thing because that's just the way movies were made back then. i was gonna say it's a different it, style of filmmaking it, yeah it is a completely different style of filmmaking uh because the characters are not there to be developed, to be challenged, really. They are just there as fodder to push along the core concept or, like, the monster, whatever. Like, they're, they are plot devices. They are not people. A- and that is just the way movies were made. So I I can easily watch a movie from this era and, you know, watch it with 2023 eyes and be like, I mean, this is kind of, you know, stupid that these characters don't really develop at all. And there's not really any like dynamics between them, but that's just not the point of the movie. It wasn't even in the back of their mind because it wasn't the way movies were made. Right. So it's kind of like an unfair criticism, I guess. Uh, do you feel similarly? I'm thinking about it. It's, it's interesting because a movie that is this old, you almost have to look at it, you know, two ways simultaneously because we can't help but look at it with 2023 eyes because that's where we exist now. And this is a very bizarre film according to 2023 filmmaking. But in 1951, I mean, this is a pretty solid example of a universal horror movie, which was for all intents and purposes, the 1950s and 60s MCU, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to put that out too. It's, it's it's like that was the driving force of Hollywood. Yes, was the Universal Monster movies. <laughs> and now we just have The Mummy. Um, no, Tom Cruise. We don't even have that anymore. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I forgot. I forgot. Don't bring it. Uh, they'll bring it back somebody will unearth the book of the dead and and they'll read from the book when they shouldn't read from the book and it'll be back that happens a lot around here uh (laughs) yeah Uh, i I will quickly run through the cast yes Uh, so so we have uh kenneth toby who plays the lead who is (laughs) captain patrick uh henry hendry i don't fucking know (laughs) 
Uh, Margaret Sheridan, who plays Nikki Nicholson, who sounds like a fucking Stanley Cumberbook character with that <laughs> name. <laughs> sounds like sounds like a a, a character in uh, James Bond over at MI6. <laughs> uh, she uh, she have, works with Money Penny. <laughs> uh, we have James Arnus, who is playing the thing, who creeps, who crawls. James Arnus strikes without a warning. <laughs> uh, Robert Corn uh, Cornthwaite, whose right who's names. His name sounds more like a fictional name than his actual name in the movie of Dr. <laughs> Arthur Carrington. <laughs> Which is why you choked over it trying to say yeah. it. I tried Corn to say it out loud earlier too and I couldn't do it. Cor I've never heard of this name, Cornthwaite. <laughs> it, it's like the sound you make when you're trying to get something like, <laughs> like out of your throat, man. Oh, What man. is this? Uh, Douglas Spencer is Ned Scott. James Young, Lieutenant Eddie Dykes. Dewey Martin. Crew Chief Bob. <laughs> Can we start calling Bobby Crew Chief Bob? I want him to. I want his uh, Steam account to be Crew Chief Bob. Yes. Uh, that way, when we're all like deploying in PUBG, he can be Crew Chief Bob. Um, Crew Chief Bob. Okay. Dewey Martin's IMDb photo. Tell me that's not a young David Hasselhoff. <laughs> but in the movie, he was a young Bobby Flay. <laughs> like, I'm so confused. Yeah, it is very confusing. We have uh, Robert Nichols as Lieutenant Ken Erickson. That is another thing, too, though. I will talk about uh, a really interesting thing to think of uh, with this movie in particular and just, like, movies of this time that, like, once you, like, realize it, it's kind of, like, crazy just how much they did it back then versus how much we've changed as far as the way we plot out how many people are in a scene. Every scene in this movie has at least eight people talking. <laughs> no. And at all times... I don't know who's anyone. I don't I, like. I don't know the name of anybody. I don't know anyone's personality. <laughs> there is just constantly eight people talking, and I don't know what's and happening. They're all the same guy. <laughs> they're all the same personality. I'm pretty sure one voice actor did all of the ADR in this movie, just changing his voice, because it just sounds like one person oh. having eight different conversations with himself, and I don't know what is being said <laughs> at any time. Now, like, we're we're poking a lot of fun at this movie, but I would argue that the bones of this movie are pretty solid. But they are, yeah. A lot of a lot of, you know, the nineteen fifty one-ness of this movie kind that comes through. And it's, it's wild. It's really bizarre. It's it's well, like what's wild about it is it's <laughs> it's nineteen fifty cinema like sleight of hand. Yeah, because it's like if we have eight people talking at one time, people can't get confused because they won't have the opportunity to get confused <laughs> because we, it's just nonstop information about nothing. And we have to lay everything out, all cards on the table, face up in every and scene. And that is so much cheaper than special effects. You know, today, this movie would be all green screen and CGI, and the characters would probably be about the same. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. It's, um... Well, what's interesting... It's, it's interesting. What's interesting is, like, okay, you think about the way some of these conversations in this film... And I'm not saying this is, like, a dig. I just find it fascinating how much, like, conservation of detail we've had in our movies and our tv shows and everything because if you think about uh the carpenter version of the thing or like pretty much like any modern movie you'd never have that many people 
having a conversation unless it is openly like a chaotic argument. You know, right. you think about some of the scenes in the thing and pretty much all of them, even though they have, you know, like 10 primary characters they're working with in any given scene, you typically only have up to three or four who are actively engaging in the scene. And the reason you do that is because you give them more screen time to develop and actually like flesh out as a character. Because if you have eight people talking at one time, but not talking over each other, and that's not the point of the scene as like chaos, you know, there are legitimate scenes in this where they're trying to get across plot with that many characters. What it but does... They're, it, they're not obfuscating anything because they're not there to develop any of those characters. Right. They're just there to push along plots. So they couldn't care less that they have that many characters on screen because they're not characters. They Be are there for the plot. Because at this time, we didn't work with characters. We worked with archetypes, right? All of the Air Force guys act the same way and talk the same way. All the scientists... Are yeah. very scientist-y. Uh, the women in the movie are women in the 1950s. Now, I feel like at this point, we should say that sexism and racism is never okay. But for a movie of this age, it's it's actually kind of tame. There's a few cringe moments, and there's a few lines that are cringe. But for the most part, uh, this movie kind of does okay. Yeah, uh, like, like comparatively speaking to a lot of other examples you could pull yes, from 1951, this exactly. is yeah, it's it's a lot better. I agree, but yeah, like uh, yeah, hey, what's going on? It'll take a lunch party. Literally sent a chill, uh, shiver down my spine. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, like everything was going on so well we had a few laughs about this monster trying to kill us <laughs> everyone was having a good time someone shot a toaster and then this guy just brings out lynching <laughs> come out to the arctic base we'll get together have a few laughs <laughs> like what yeah that's yeah. when you just slowly back out of the scary door i about slowly backed out of my own room when i heard that <laughs> um and you know, because of the, the the times that we've lived through and the times that we live in, one of the characters used a word correctly, and it still made me cringe. And that was when the general was talking about like they've had a lot of queer activity happening up north. Oh, yeah. That's the proper usage of that word. It just means strange or weird. And yeah, it, yeah, it's just been retrofitted in society since then to mean something else. But I've never heard it used properly. I've always heard it a different way. So it's yeah. kind of like <laughs> when he said it. Yeah, um, uh, it's got a lot of so, oh, it's got a few weirdness like that. But it's fairly tame for a movie of its age. And I don't know, this movie fucking fascinates me, Jeff. It's it's interesting. It's so good. And then sometimes so bad it's good. Like, I never didn't enjoy it, even though it has some weird tonal shifts that do not mesh together. And I don't know if I just found it charming because of its age. Because, again, this is a snapshot in time, right? I mean, yeah. uh, this is happening alongside our Universal Monsters, which are are known and, and beloved. And it's just, you know, and thinking about the John Carpenter version... It's a, it's just an interesting thing to watch and even to look at at times That's, the way see, the way they film. Uh, uh, so I want to talk about how I think it's really really interesting how much Carpenter 
homages this movie by even having like the same title card when it yeah. couldn't be more different. Yeah. Literally the only thing it has in common is the setting and like them finding the alien, but that's, that's, that stops like them not bringing in like the core concept of it imitating people and like that paranoia, just like the entire tone is so different that Carpenter's version is more similar in tone and idea to Invasion of the Body Snatchers than it is to The Thing, you know, from another world. It It is so different to this. Well, honestly, that for it to be in the same, like, lineage of film is interesting because it's just so different. Honestly, I'm kind of down with the idea of a monster basically being Vash the Stampede, who is a vampire, right? Because, I mean... He's a plant that needs human blood. I'm kind of down with the idea of that monster. It's not the thing, but I'm kind of down with the idea of an yeah. alien plant that it it's it, it's Audrey 1.5, right? Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. it's a walking Audrey 1.5 basically. Yeah, it's interesting and and the way that you talked about it being like a snapshot is perfect cuz like if you watch this movie, it is a microcosm of Hollywood in 1951. The same way if you watched, like, The Avengers, it is a microcosm of, you know, Hollywood in, you know, the early 2000, uh, you know, teens. Uh, just that that is what is spearheading all of Hollywood right now. But it's, like, kind of fun to go back and watch this and just, like, see how much it changes from the original novella versus the Carpenter's version versus how they chose to adapt it in you know it's it's kind of like uh it's kind of admirable to take the storyline and change it so much to where you know you made it your own thing it wasn't just a a (laughs) one-to-one adaptation (laughs) (laughs) i will i will say the thing multiple times (laughs) i will say the thing multiple times without it being an intentional pun so i think the thing 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 uh yeah it's uh it's kind of a crazy weird weird movie that i i kind of dig it i i kind of like it let me ask you something about the novella is the is the blood test in there that they do in the john carpenter version i uh i let me pull it back up i remember reading a little bit about blood being involved but i don't know if it was specifically like the testing scene i'm pulling i'm curious how it's involved because i'm curious if that was a another like sleight of hand that John Carpenter did to homage the original, the blood being important, or if it's closer to the novella in that way. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I I had a thought that he, I, d- I he does. Yeah, the the blood test is from the original novella, it's and it's from McCready. I uh I had a thought and then I interrupted myself and now it's gone. But uh did you did you pick up that I'm going to assume something that is one of the most famous things from Alien is probably homaging this movie? What's that? They use the Geiger counters to track its movement, and we have a very similar device in Alien to track the alien's movement. It's looking for differences in air pressure and they can see where it is. Mm-hmm. track its, di- yeah. its distance and it has the beeps and the sweeps and the creeps um, <laughs> and in this we're all using geiger counters to to do that exact same action and this was 26 years before alien but they're yeah, doing so, the exact like same that. concept so yeah i'm i'm wondering if the uh the tracker 
the the scanner tracker thing that they use is homaging the Geiger counters. That's a crazy thing to think of too. So the landscape of Hollywood from 1951 to 1977 with Alien. And just think of these two movies in your brain and how much movies changed in a 26 year span. You know, nuts. the original Alien, in a way, is not that different. Like, it hinges on the characters very heavily. Uh, it's more modern filmmaking where the characters are more important and they, they grow and evolve like we talked about. But it's a lot of the characters figuring out stuff for themselves and saying it out loud for the audience the way this movie works. Uh, yeah, it, they're, they're just, they're blue collar archetypes instead of, you know, these are the army dudes, these are the nurses, these are the sciencey guys. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, yeah, and this one particular scientist is definitely a, uh, like a Constantine villain or like a Doctor Strange villain. Um, I also love the thing's go-to move of ferociously slapping a guy in the wrists across the, the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what <laughs> One of my favorite things that happens in the movie is they're standing on the other side of this door that's boarded up, and it opens from the other way. (laughs) 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 Near the end of the movie, when they're they're setting the, the, I don't know, the the, uh, bug zapper trap for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It keeps showing this door that's all boarded up, and he literally just opens it from the other side. (laughs) <laughs> I really like that scene when they're it's like in the middle of the movie when they're kind of creeping around and at one point they think the guy's in there and then they're opening the door to kind of like cautiously check it out and he's just standing at the door entrance staring at them like that. I yeah. could have seen that being kind of scary in 1951 you know he just is fucking there you know they uh it's actually like a pretty solid bit of directing where you think they're gonna open up the door there's not going to be anything there so they can kind of like creepily like uh, walk their way around the room and like check all the you know like nooks and crannies to find him. But he's just standing there. Uh, pretty he's, good. Just like a lot of the Universal Monsters, if they're on screen for too long, they kind of fall apart. So you don't see him much and they got to make real good like quick use of him. So the way he turns up here and there, the way he was behind that door, like you said, that camera angle on that when they open the door and he's just standing there is perfect yeah it's really well done i um, also really really love a, a a thing that they do that is incredibly ahead of its time is the fact that they don't show him at all for his first couple of scenes yeah like when he first is thought out you don't see him you just kind of like see the one soldier guy empty out his entire revolver like uh <laughs> like Vinny in the woods <laughs> and then run for his life he's, he's Vinny and the thing is the owl uh, yeah. <laughs> owl one soldier zero uh, <laughs> yeah i i love that that uh decision and then they see him out in the uh the kind of like arctic uh winds you know but he's he's uh obscured by just basically you know, being just a shadow dude and it's kind of cool when he's fighting the dogs when and stuff. he's fighting the dogs and he decides to beat a motherfucker with another motherfucker yeah, it's kind of fucked up. He's like <laughs> flinging dogs around, using them like, like he's Loki, like he's the Hulk and the dog is Loki. <laughs> like, oh my god! I have to get off this planet. <laughs> I have to get off this planet. Um, the other thing that's kind of weird for its era, uh, in a good way, but kind of bizarre at the same time, is 
you have this back and forth between the characters, right? Uh, you have the scientist that is wanting to try to communicate with this thing when it's, we already know it's literally drinking our blood and has already killed a few people. And he's like, no, we have to sit down and have tea with it. And they're like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> and then they all grab guns and axes. And then later, uh, when they find out that he's growing more of them, right uh and he's he's using... just like he's just like what's his fuck in uh in the first oh god what what is ian holmes name in the first alien he's a he's got a little uh, bit of like ash that, he's it, ash yeah he's got a little bit of like ash energy to him where he is just absolutely sabotaging the fuck out of everything behind the scenes dr keratin's a goddamn robot um <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's struck without warning um yeah they every time they find out what the uh, doctor's doing. And at the beginning, before anything super bad has happened, I mean, the doctor raises interesting points. But when everything goes south, you start finding yourself siding with the military guys. And it's just, I don't know, the back and forth between the characters is interesting. There's there's no 80s slasher movie with the teenagers making all the wrong decisions like that Geico commercial. Or whatever it is, when there's like the running car sitting on one side, like no, 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 let's hide over there, and they run into the shed with all of the like machetes and sides swinging around and stuff. Uh, yeah, it, there's no, there's not a whole lot of that. Like the scientist is like obsessed with the creature itself, which is actually a thing in the uh, the Alien books, by the way. And okay. then um, there's one that yeah, because like you think about crazy. it, it's just like. You understand, like, it's fucked up how just nonchalantly he's getting people killed. Yeah. But as a scientist, when you've dedicated your life to, like, that as a profession, and you have the greatest scientific discovery in human history. Yes. You can understand, like, now, obviously, it's fucked up the way he talks about it, but you can understand that way of thinking now, where it's like, I'm willing to say, like, it's fucked up that he's he actively says out loud... Uh, all of y'all can die, and I couldn't fucking care less because yeah. you know knowledge is all that matters. But you get that uh, that inkling in the back of your mind if you were in their shoes, because it's just like at all costs we have to protect the discovery because the discovery is everything, you know. Yeah, and you know, 1951 character archetypes. He's a scientist that happens to be world renowned and super famous that believes in the science. Whereas today it would be he would be the newspaper guy. I got to be the first to get my name on this. I have to be the first to get this information out to the world because I, if someone else gets it, I won't be remembered for anything. That would be his character today. Mm -hmm. uh, so I thought it was also interesting that they introduce him as this world-renowned, famous scientist, but he honestly actually believes in the science of the thing. Whereas, like I said, you know, today he would be a greedy, money-grubbing bastard, a lot like, uh, um, was it Stanley Tucci in The Core that was the asshole scientist opposite Aaron Eckert? I think so. It's uh, been so long since I've seen it, though. It would have been that dynamic uh, yeah. instead. So I thought that was interesting. But, yeah. Um, and then I like, can we talk about how there is this carrot from space that's going around wanting to drink everyone's blood. <laughs> carrot from space, the alternate title. Right. <laughs> uh, 
Going around, you better eat your veggies, bitch, <laughs> before they eat you. Uh, without warning, uh, my Brussels sprouts—they creep, they crawl. <laughs> Can we talk about how this thing is going around trying to eat people and grow a crop of more of itself? It's in the greenhouse trying to do this. <laughs> and everyone is just kind of nonchalantly walking around and talking and cracking wise and acting like it's just another Thursday. Yeah. Like, that is one of the tonal things I'm talking about. Like, no one is panicking. No one. I would be uh, fucking what's her name from Temple of Doom. <laughs> I don't understand, Jeff. We're not sinking. We're creepy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh, also, does it out in the when snow you in the life raft? <laughs> <laughs> does it also, especially now that we've lived through a pandemic? Anytime I watch these old sci-fi movies and they're just blatantly breaking quarantine, and it yeah. just like hurts your soul, and you're just like, "Oh no, dude! All it takes is one fucking bacteria from space, and you're all dead instantly." Like, look. I've seen enough anime, okay? If you do not kill every single cell of this thing, it's going to come back. Did you see... What was that sci-fi horror movie with Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds? Was it uh, Life? Did you ever see oh, that? Oh, I didn't know Ryan Reynolds was in that. I knew Jake Gyllenhaal I, was. I believe he... I wanted, I wanted to see it. I never got around to it. It's been on my list for years. I think it's, I think it's Life. It looked yes. like in the trailer okay. they make it out to look yeah. like they're being attacked by a symbiote. Okay. Uh, a lot of that, like, kind of quarantine-level paranoia with the alien life form yeah. is, like, that is all that movie's about, and I really like that movie. I think it handles that that kind of, like, creeping dread of it really, really, really well. <laughs> that would be a good one. The creeping uh, that dread, was also not the a, crawling That was also not, also, also not intentional. I'm sorry. I'm tired. I'm <laughs> the going to act. warning. I'm going to accidentally quote the poster <laughs> without realizing it. My bad. Uh, uh, but yeah, I will probably have that on the show at some point because that will be an interesting movie to talk about. Uh, as basically watching that as like a double feature to this would be a really interesting double feature as far as like okay, how much Hollywood has changed, how much... Uh, and then this this predated like COVID too, but like just taking that kind of like <laughs> more. No, no. Uh, they so you if you remember like there were a lot of the hell you say there were I'm sorry. no 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 not not fucking the 1950s. We were talking about life, okay. the 2017 sci-fi movie, but <laughs> life has a lot of that. You got so mad. <laughs> So that, uh, that court that kind of quarantine level like paranoia of like we have to protect each other from this fucking thing that's gonna kill us instantly like as much as possible that they could not care less about in this movie that is a fun thing to compare i think they're, they're in the mess hall just drinking coffee cracking wine they're just chilling dude like, what <laughs> the the scientist is growing more plant monsters in his fucking cooler of coronas dude just vibing it's what do you mean it strikes without warning it, there was plenty of warning they just didn't look for it oh my god um uh, also another note that i had 
<laughs> can we talk about the standard operating procedure of melting planes out of ice with fucking thermite? <laughs> Which, by the way, is famous for having incredibly violent reactions with water. Also, um, <laughs> all it takes is for this, what we know at that point is like a fucking flying saucer. Like all it has to have was like one little tank of some weird alien jet fuel, <laughs> and you have detonated all of Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! When they said they were gonna break out the thermite, I was like, I beg your pardon, sir. <laughs> Why would you use? One of the most <laughs> deadly things we have. We can't it, stop. It's too dangerous. <laughs> burns at thousands of degrees. It turns steel into molten metal. They even have a. In they even have a conversation. That one of them says, "Like one, the heat from one of our jets could like heat up like what a fifty-story office a building." <laughs> like. Yeah. I love it. But see, if they had that conversation in a modern movie, you would crucify it for being yeah. dumb but that was just you know cheeky kind of 50s sci-fi is yeah they're gonna do dumb shit because of course they are because there's got there's got to be a reason for them to encounter the monster without following proper scientific uh, you know like procedure i i mean this in the best of ways too but one of the other things that was charming about this movie was the special effects budget all went apparently into the thing itself i guess and building the sets because they walk around on the ice looking down, describing the UFO in detail. And you never see anything but the tail fin sticking up out of the top. Yeah. Um, and I it's just kind of, you know, they're working with uh working with what they had at the time. So it's one thing I one thing uh I actually gotta give this movie over the Carpenter version. I don't think this movie opens up with any thing that blatantly says it's going to be an alien life form through a flying saucer, right? You don't actually... Like, my, my biggest complaint, the only thing I hate about the thing from John Carpenter is them opening with the flying saucer landing. I you, don't like that. You know it's a flying saucer before they go to it. Um, they... So they... they but it's them talking about it. It's them, like, figuring it out based on readings, which you don't know, like, the full extent of. It's not literally showing, like, the spaceship crashing. That's what I don't like. Because, you know, at least oh, okay. there's some intrigue if it's just them having figured it out based off, like, reports and readings and stuff, you know? There's a little bit of, like... Yeah, I, I, I get you. You're not talking about... Yeah. You're talking about it didn't open up showing the Earth yeah, and showing it the ship crash. I, I, I always yeah. forget that scene is in the movie until I go to watch the movie. Yeah, and yeah like, oh, it's just always right. it has just always bothered me because it's so unnecessary. Because especially if you're watching the Carpenter version without having seen this, if it, it'd be if, so if that movie cool. Just opened with the dog with being the, chased the dog. by the helicopter. Yeah, the opening with the dog is so ingenious that if all it opened with was why the fuck are they trying to kill this dog? That's it. That's all you know. You don't see the spaceship land. You don't know anything about or, the tone of it or anything. Or it just opens with the dog. What if it opened with the thing on its ship battling Mary Elizabeth Winstead? We don't talk about that movie. <laughs> <laughs> that man, if you want to know how much 
That movie has Joel Edgerton and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, and I still hate it. That's how much <laughs> that movie cannot be saved. <laughs> I can't fucking stand that movie. Uh, but Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I know. I know. Jeff. I know. Jeff. It's at least it, it at least gets a six point five out of ten because it has her. I am still. It gets a seven. At, it gets a seven out of ten because it has her and Joel Edgerton. I love them both a lot. They're both awesome. I am still angry that that baby has her as the mother and Ewan McGregor <laughs> as the father. I love how my, your, your your Lex Luthor in life is the child of Mary Elizabeth <laughs> Winstead and Ewan McGregor because they have all of the genes Why? that you will ever That's need. That's gonna in, be in, in the most life. beautiful human ever born. Ugh. Or he just ends up looking like the thing from another world because it's like two positives created a negative or some shit. I don't know. <laughs> she gets to be Mary Elizabeth Winstead every day and he gets to be Ewan McGregor every day and I'm fucking me. <laughs> like, what a bunch of bullshit. What a, what a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> the Ron from another world. It bulls. It shits. It strikes without warning. <laughs> it naps without warning. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! Yeah, Just going back through. This movie has a lot. This movie has like fifty-seven alternate posters, and I don't entirely know why. Well, that was the thing, these? though. That was the thing. That's a common you, thing of older movies. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> see, see, it's hard to not use the word "thing" in casual conversation, right? I've done it like five times, and none of them have been intentional. Oh, is, let's talk about how funny on. it is. Uh, that go. What were you about to say? This this one poster that's in I can't tell if this is French. Is it literally trying to say the man from Mars? Is that that was just speculation in the movie? Is this poster actually trying to confirm that? Which one? What's what's like the the picture number? Because I uh, seventy nine. Seventy nine. Let's see. On Mdba. All right, I'm scrolling to the end. That is a way to find it. I love this picture so much. Uh, I'm just going to grab this real quick. I also love the what appears to be the German one of Das Ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I mean, Man, that's what really, it looks like. I like a lot of these posters, like the ones that are just like weird drawings. I love this Scooby Doo shot. Of the character, it totally is on eighty one. Scooby Doo in the thing from another world. Bam, bam, and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for those meddling Air Force <laughs> corporals. <laughs> if it weren't for the meddling carrots. Oh, oh man! Oh, I see. One of the posters actually, you know, made their poster out of the opening title card effect. Which is probably the coolest title card of all time. <laughs> One person decided, like, hey, that'd be a cool poster. We don't need to do anything else. It actually has the monster in the eye, too. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's interesting. I dig it. I dig it. Oh, let's talk about it too. Uh I I it's another like funny trope of like nineteen fifties movies where like even in the Universal Monsters movies we have to like crowbar in a romance <laughs> subplot. How fucking crowbarred is this romance subplot? That is the one like knock I will give it even as a movie in the fifties where it's just like, come on guys, what are we doing? No one fucking cares that the ca the captain guy is dating this chick. No one fucking cares. 
What is this? I I have Dang. to. <laughs> yeah, please please elaborate on what you've just shown the Discord. <laughs> it's literally a picture of a toddler in a high chair eating. Her life can be counted in seconds as long as the thing is at large. The thing from another world. Howard Hawks' <laughs> shocking movie. I think this is the poster you need to put in the tweet. <laughs> I really do. I feel like... Uh, <laughs> I feel like they needed to have a poster like never eat your vegetables. <laughs> right? Oh, what if she was eating a carrot? Yeah, it should have been a carrot. Missed opportunity. Zero out of ten. Get the shit out of my face. What are these posters? <laughs> yeah, it's what crazy. What is this next one? What is this next one? Hang on. It's I already forgot what the what point you were trying to make was. Look, as a scientist, I say we must destroy it or it will destroy us. The thing. I don't even think this is world. a scientist from the movie either. Like, why it's wouldn't not. they use a scientist from the movie? There was no children in the movie. Like... Why wouldn't they just use if if it's gonna be about a scientist? Why would they not show like the actual main character uh, scientist guy? Science fiction it's, at its blood curdling best. That's uh, so weird. Uh, my favorite one is Das Ding though, the German one, because that's just awesome. Love it. <laughs> it really dust my ding. Das Ding. Das Ding. Oh my god. Also, this one uh, one of the posters that actually shows the creature. He's got a little bit of that. Uh, you remember in the Edward Norton Hulk movie? Uh, He's got Hulk how, hands. Not not all that, but uh, the you remember at the end when they had the tease for uh, the leader character when he gets like the uh, the fucking gamma ray late leaking onto his head and makes his brain all huge. Yeah, you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like that's that. Yeah, he looks a little bit like the leader with like the giant head. This guy really wanted to sing to them. I'm really sad he didn't get to sing. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah oh 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 also oh major kudos to the stuntman that is on fire for like seven oh minutes oh my god i would have jumped out the window too i almost jumped that out guy, of my window that that guy was a fucking trooper because that effect of how long he's on fire is genuinely like crazy well done oh okay this is a shot that you should definitely send out in the tweet when this episode goes up because this is one of my favorite shots in the movie. And if I recall, it's maybe the first time we see the monster. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good shot. Some, great, uh, s some great use of lighting. Yes, that's the thing uh, about like, black uh, and white movies I love is when they do the lighting right. Yeah, and this movie does the lighting right. So like in a lot of like poorly shot movies from this era, when they have like a completely dark scene and you can no longer tell what the fuck's happening... Like, everything that you're meant to see in this, you see. Yes. It's really well lit. It's really well shot. And, like, you never get, like, lost in the darkness like you do in a lot of movies from this era. So their uh, their cinematography was really well done. Yeah, it was. That shot is beautifully done. For those playing along at home, it's number 25 on M. Here is a, uh, another one that I'm going to send to you in the Discord, too. Let's see, I can pull it up. Uh, this is another one, a similar concept for the shot, but from a different set. That is also just like amazing contrast. Yes, with him yes, in yes. The back. Yeah, it's just like where there's great that, lighting. It's when they're trying to light him up for like the ending trap where yeah, he's on top of the thing. It's right yeah. before he goes full Jodon Baker and picks up the like four by four. Yeah, just a wonderful lighting. I always love those. Uh, 
those just like heavy contrast you get from these old like monochromatic you know movies and stuff it's so cool okay I, you were talking about the subplot of the romance oh yeah yeah like but, how sh- how fucking shoehorned in is that in this okay. movie dude that being said image number 29 that is one of the best facial expressions I think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I feel uh, like that's going to be your next, uh, once I you retire Broadbent in the Discord picture. Uh, I thought about like, it. Yeah, it, it's pretty good. So, uh, okay. There is such a weird energy with that romance. It's not just that they have no chemistry together. It is <laughs> weirdly abusive. It's also weirdly modern sexy when he's like, hey, when he's you want to tie up? me up? Yeah. When you want to you want to fucking handcuff me like and then like it, it's a fucking it's like it's a fucking Tinder date in 2022. Like, what the fuck is yeah, this? And it cuts to him like kind of tied up and she's like pouring alcohol down his throat. It's weirdly it's like weird. It's so weird. It's weirdly like 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 50 shades of thing dude like i don't know man <laughs> 50 shades of arness <laughs> yeah it's 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 weird like it's i don't think they were intentionally trying to be like sexy with it but in like 70 years later a lot of like what they're doing is you know considered like sexy to some people now so it's like what is happening yeah how weird for the time especially like that is uh, that whole thing it was, was so specific. What they're doing is not necessarily weird. It's how they're going about it. And the fact that there's no chemistry between them on screen. Because, like, you know, I'm not trying to kink shame anyone, but my God, their lack of energy and lack of enthusiasm about what is happening and him just sitting there straight up and down as a board. The whole <laughs> thing is just so weird. Okay. Uh, also, you gotta, you. you gotta love. Uh, just I was gonna say real quickly, like when people are kissing on film or in TV shows in the fifties and sixties, and it looks like it's physically painful. Yes, <laughs> they have they have a couple of kisses in this that look physically painful, where he's just like trying to like fucking Oberyn Martell her skull. <laughs> <laughs> it's like why? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I'm going to send you a screenshot. It's from number 26. Okay. You tell me, Dr. Fate or Dr. Destiny? I got to go Dr. Destiny. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) Has to be, right? We we, we have to talk to... uh, so one thing that goes like underappreciated uh, when people are talking about like the growth of just like filmmaking in general on how good ADR has gotten compared to how bad it was by oh default back my in the day. God, this movie I, I I have to forgive it because of when it was made, but I love like that there is clearly like fifty mile per hour winds when they're outside. <laughs> Close the door. And you think about like these same scenes that happen in the Carpenter version where they actively have to scream just to be heard, but the ADR, they're just vibing. They're just having a conversation like they're sitting around like a fucking poker table, dude. I'm just like, bro, you guys would have to scream to be heard, but they're, the ADR, ADR is like less enthusiastic than you and I talking on this podcast. They're just straight chilling, dude. 
it, it's like a 50s radio program the way they're talking yeah uh, can we can we talk about the facility itself yes i think it's nicer than some modern apartments like it think really about is. what it looks like <laughs> Think about what it looks like in the John Carpenter one, which is more of what it would be. And they're like uptown New York <laughs> in the North Pole. This this looks like a really nice resort you'd go to on vacation in like Europe. Yeah, in, it's in, really like Norway weird. or Sweden. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, one of those like super fucking fancy resorts. It doesn't look very like now, what type of base is this supposed to be? Because I think in the original story in the Carpenter one, it is a scientific research base, but I don't think it's that here. Isn't this just kind of like an Air Force station that they're at? No, it... I, I think it is a uh, an Arctic research base, but the, it is? Okay. the Air Force is doing the uh, the flying, basically. Okay. But okay. It, because it, it seems of what very... happens, Because of what happens, it becomes... And Air Force Matter. Because gotcha. he, he, the scientist gotcha. even keeps talking about how they don't have any authority here. And he says he's going to take authority because, you know, it's a matter of the earth. So it's just weird when, like, the set dressing makes it look more like a hotel than, like, really a scientific does. facility. Uh, very bizarre. The mind boggles. Indeed. An intellectual carrot. Uh, the mind but boggles. But yeah, I, I had a, a lot of fun watching this movie. Just as a movie nerd, like just looking back on not even just like the story and the way it's been adapted, which is interesting, but just like Hollywood in general, like thinking about going to a movie theater in 1951 and like this being just like the next level shit, dude. It's like, oh, dude, you got to go see the thing from another world. It's fucking terrifying. Like the idea of that is so cool because you just think of like what has to happen in a movie to scare me now is like fucking hereditary. And, like, what would be terrifying to people back then because it was just, like, movies in their, you know, early stages was, like, you know, this. And that adds, like, so much charm to it. You can't help but, like, appreciate it. Okay. I found one quote I was looking for. I ended up finding a second one I forgot about. Okay. The second one that I forgot about... <laughs> Holy cats! I thought I was good. I was like, is Robin here? <laughs> holy, holy vegetable cats. monster batman uh I, I need to bring holy cats back holy uh, rogue scientist batman yeah hendry refers to him being tied up as japanese torture it's the japanese torture sequence uh in nikki's room is how it's I listed in imdb i forgot about that and, like femdom femdom is japanese torture <laughs> <laughs> what bdsm yeah that was, yeah, yeah, that, I, was that was real bizarre i was like Whoa. I, I, I mean okay I, this is six years after the war but still that is considered i i, I don't know I yeah don't know. very very weird it's very bizarre very very bizarre uh, uh yeah uh, i kind of like gave my kind of like summary of it just uh, uh just now basically just like you can't help but appreciate just like what movies were in this era and you know like what could come across as you know scary because like i can just i can just imagine you know like putting myself in the shoes of people like in a theater in 1951 and like that scene we talked about like thinking was really cool where they open up that door and he's just standing there 
you know people just like scream lost their shit screaming in the theater can i and can i, admit I love something? thinking what was that sorry can i admit something what's up that was a jump scare that got me really which one which one so as i was telling my wife because she was in the room when it happened um it wasn't so much what was happening because they basically lay out 90 miles before the thing happens what they're gonna do but i didn't expect the uh the brass section of the orchestra to all sneeze into their instruments <laughs> all at once <laughs> but when they open the thing and the dead dog rolls out oh yeah that was good and the that instrument just bang, and i was like ah. <laughs> yeah i'm wearing headphones watching the movie and just bang. <laughs> I'm just like, oh god what <laughs> it, the band That's struck fantastic. for that warning <laughs> the, tu the tuba it creeps it crawls uh, it also had a lot of weird kind of oddly like woke like leftist humor in it like when they first fly over the uh, the base like ah if only the taxpayers could see this like oh yeah there's a there's a quote i really like uh where uh they will give you a promotion no they were they will promote you to yes. general uh if what is the exact quote i'll try to find the quote it's really good yeah find uh, the exact quote i don't i don't want to butcher it because yeah. it was a really it's really a really good, good quote. quote i should have written it, it down uh yeah i'm pulling it up uh, let's see, let's see. Quotes, <laughs> another, quotes, 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 quotes. another quote i liked what if he can rid our minds he'll be real mad when he gets to me <laughs> <laughs> yeah there there's moments where there's it's legit it's like, humor it is legit like good dialogue for yeah. like today's standards 70 years later it's crazy oh uh, here's one of the uh things i was talking about when they're talking about it's a scientific discovery and the other dude wants to kill it because you know save earth um he's like uh -huh. but think of what it means to the world i'm not working for the world i work for the air force I was like, "Ooh, yeah. bitch, snap, snap, snap." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. No, there I, was I a... couldn't find the quote on the IMDb quote, so I'm I'm googling it now trying to find it. Yeah, 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 seriously. Um, there's one that caught me off guard. Uh a uh, a quote you hear often today still is here's the 64 million dollar or the $64,000 question, right? Uh-huh. Here's the $64 question. What do you do with a vegetable? And I was like, hold on. That was an expression before. Who wants to be a millionaire? Because <laughs> it was literally, here's the $64 question. And what you hear people say today is, here's the $64,000 question. Because that was a, a stopping point in the game, right? At that point, you can cash out and go home with the money. Or you can continue and risk it to get the million. So that was a thing in pop culture for a long time is here's the $64,000 question. So when I heard him say, here's the $64 question, I was what? Years yeah, before it's time. I cannot uh, find this quote. I even found like uh, a link to like one of the scripts that people have made and I can't oh, find it's it. It's so good. Yeah. I don't know why it's not... Like I, I'm even searching like general because it was like they'll promote you to general uh, if you can you know like erase the evidence that they messed up or something. It's like something along those lines, but it's like it's yeah. really really well uh, written. Just cannot find it. Yeah, it was something about you know, they were talking about they blew up the UFO 
and they're talking about burning the uh, the alien or or something, and that would erase all evidence that they messed up. Uh, and they'd probably promote you to general for it or something yeah. like that. It was a really, I was just like, oh, damn, when I heard it. Because that was, that's a very cynical remark uh, of the military and the government six years after World War II. Uh, yeah, that was when, like, that was the prime of, you know, yeah. people thinking uh, American positively about... American exceptionalism at its highest. Yeah, it's yeah, it was like, hoorah, like, the military, and they, they yeah. have the kind of cynicism like you said that is modern uh it is crazy like how many times it is ahead of its time uh with just like some of the lines and yeah the last thing that i can do to try you to buy buy a little bit of time for you to find it is i love the asshole general that keeps asking people to come to his office but before they can even step to the door he yells close the door as all the snow's blowing in <laughs> at the very beginning <laughs> And then he does it like three times. And then the main character is just like, yes, sir. And uh, I'll close the door as he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I'm really sad we can't find that uh, that quote. It, it, I thought for sure it would be like all over like the notable quotes from the movie. But I, it is just not anywhere. I mean, I've been searching promote and general and, you know, as like a find in page and all of the script pages. And yeah. I just cannot find it. It's crazy. Well, keep looking and keep watching the skies, Jeff. I'm trying, man. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think I've pretty much exhausted everything I've got. What a weird, interesting, and I know this is used in a demeaning way a lot, but I don't mean it that way. I legitimately mean what a charming movie this is. Yeah. Because... Um, we're now far enough away from when this movie was made that everything that is wrong with it has come full circle to just being charming now and just being a snapshot of filmmaking in the era. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting how you still see some of uh, some of the, the way they made this movie. You still see that in use today. Some of the film filmmaking techniques, that gorgeous shot, of the first time you see the thing with that lighting with all the lights out and him being backlit. What mm -hmm. an amazing way to use black and white photography. And I mean, to my knowledge, there's no monitor, right? They don't know what this looks like till they develop the film and get into the editing room. Right. I don't, yeah, I don't think so. So that is straight out of someone's mind. Yeah, it's it's kind of, like there's parts of it that are like legit like next level stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, and just what an interesting. I did not expect this movie to be, um, rewritten the way that it was into a universal monster movie. And we keep saying that. Um, that I mean that. I'm not using Universal Monster Movie as a uh, as an insult to this movie. Uh, take how you will the fact that it was rewritten into one, depending on how big a fan you are of the original novella and the James Carpenter mm -hmm. stuff. But I mean, again, you have to remember the universal monsters were the MCU of the day. Like we said earlier. And yeah, uh, I can, this is literally just a reaction to what was happening at pulp culture at the time. This is a non-universal studio needing to keep pace. I almost said something really mean, and I don't mean it, so I didn't say it. 
<laughs> it's the DCEU of its era. But no, but no, this movie's good. This movie's good. So no, yeah. it's not. Yeah. I almost said yeah. it. I was like, no, 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 I don't mean that. I don't mean that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I think like the best thing that uh, has been said was when you said uh, how this was like a snapshot in time of a particular movie from a from a very specific era. Uh, and, you know, it's it's interesting to think about, you know, like you look back at the decades over the years and it's like every decade kind of has like their flavor of what is yeah. the, the thing spearheading Hollywood. And for about 10 years, this was it. You know, this was like the pinnacle of what they were trying to make. And I would say, if you're the type of person that is usually put off by old movies or black and white movies or whatever, um, it is made in its time, but it is fairly tame compared to other movies of its time. It's not focusing on social issues. And uh, the black and white is used to great effect throughout this movie, not just the scenes we mentioned, but throughout the whole movie. Uh, it's in an Arctic base. The landscape is literally black and white, even if it was yep. in color. So uh, the way that it's used is very good. The way they use the character archetypes, remember, we're not dealing with characters so much as we are archetypes, but they're used to great effect. Like, I say give this movie a chance. You know what? You, I, I don't think you've seen this yet, and you absolutely have to because... It is full of awesome uses of the black and white and like high contrast shots. Did you ever get around to watching Werewolf by Night, the Marvel horror movie? No, I did not. Oh my god, dude. Like you need to watch it, especially <laughs> now, since you're kind of like in that mindset for right. for like Universal Monsters type stuff. It is such a love letter to like this whole era. And I think you should get your dad to watch it too. Uh okay. if your dad has like a lot of affinity for the thing from another world. Werewolf by Night is just like now such a fucking awesome movie and such a love letter to this whole era of movies we've been talking about. It it's an offshoot of the MCU, right? It's not in the main Correct. vein. It is, I believe, in canon, but uh -huh. it is a totally separate story that operates basically like uh within its own within its own like realm of the MCU where it is in canon, but it has pretty much nothing to do with the main movies. So you can watch Werewolf by Night without ever having seen a single MCU movie or TV show and be perfectly and, fine. And werewolves are my favorite universal monster. Oh, dude, Werewolf by Night. Like, I, I might have to come over there and just, like, <laughs> fucking watch it again because <laughs> it's so good. Using Japanese torture techniques, you're going to get of me to watch. I mean, of course. <laughs> Jeff will you gotta He will crawl and he will strike without warning. You don't have to tie me up to get me to watch Werewolf by Night. <laughs> oh, I, I, um, I yeah. see the thing you were getting at. Yeah, we got to get out of here. We're, we're going back on our typical quality of commentary. We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, huge thank you again uh, to uh, to Ron. Uh, that's your dad's name, right? Is yes. your dad also yes. Ron? Yeah. But I will also Please. accept gratitude. Please. My father's name is Mr. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, please, Ron yeah. is my father's name. Please call me Ron. <laughs> please, it gets confusing otherwise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is yeah, this has been friends and this has been friends and family month, man. It's kind of crazy that it uh, it went by so fast, and what a fucking roller coaster ride, man. Yeah. We had our Tammies, our Tawnies, our T Rexes. <laughs> <One> <laughs> we had our <laughs> testicular standoffs. We had our 
testicular standoff. We had our we had uh, our memories of murder. We had our drop kicks, man. Oh, we had we got so all many drop, drop, kicks. drop kicks. So many drop. So kicks. many drop kicks. We had Moulin Rouge. We got our Ewan McGregor's. We <laughs> yeah, got our we Nicole did. Kidman's. We got our fucking I, Jim I got Goddamn Broadbent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we got Barbie as the princess and the pauper. Who could forget <laughs> the treasured moment in cinematic history? <laughs> 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 can i just point out in the moulin rouge episode i think we talked more <laughs> about the hotness of evil mcgregor than we did nicole kidman you're goddamn right we did <laughs> i could just get lost in those fucking blue eyes man i don't know what you're talking about dude just got the high ground over my heart dude <laughs> don't do it jeff don't do it Oh my god. From my point of view, the Duke is evil. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> alright, alright. The show must go on, man. And we wrapped it up with our bonus <laughs> friends and family entry of the thing from another world. Which we had never seen. Yeah. Like I said, kind of crazy. I'm glad I had an excuse to finally watch it. Two uh, movies that neither of to. us had ever seen in this yeah. uh, this poll. Three. Yeah, really cool. Three movies. Yeah. So that's pretty Fantastic. good. I'm all about it. Uh, that's why we do it. Yeah. You know, it's it's super fun to have somebody else take the wheel of the show and you know, you just get stuff that, you know, it's totally out of our wheelhouse. <laughs> and sometimes Jesus, we like where it. were you? The audience had to take the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes Satan, you it works owe me. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, don't make me turn this fucking car around. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll oh, do I'm it. Get, I'm starting to get a little loopy because it's late. And I, I was uh, punchy to start with. Yeah, you. Yeah, you were. Uh, this has been an. This recording has been almost as long. Oh, well, that's another thing too. We didn't talk about. I love how brisk the movie is. Yeah, it is fucking 85 minutes, and outside of the totally unnecessary Japanese torture <laughs> romance subplot. <laughs> not a single minute is wasted, and I love that. That is like that is my shit. As fucking fine-tuned as you can make your product, the more I like it. Like, get rid of all the bullshit. I, I, Just, I think the reason this movie really falls in our wheelhouse is because of budgetary constraints of the era and technology of the era. It has to be moody. It has to be atmospheric. Because your monster is a guy in platforms with a helmet. And you have to make that work. And, and your pacing has to be has to be very very lean. And all of those be. things, the moody, the atmospheric, the pacing, is what you and I harp on about every movie we watch. Those are the three uh, the, yeah. things we look at first. What were the first two movies we recorded for this show? <laughs> John Carpenter's exactly. The Thing and Alien, which is those two things like to a T. And now uh, we've come yeah. full circle. Now yeah, now we've come full circle. Yeah. Thanks again to everyone for uh, participating with your uh, movie selections. Yeah, been, don't forget to write in with what you think the best movie was and the best episode that we covered. Yeah. Yeah, go check out the movies. You owe it to yourself to watch Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> Do you also want Do to you feel like you need to take a shower because you didn't realize the movie existed with that much necrophilia? <laughs> <laughs> I am more comfortable with the necrophilia than I am the fucking teenage striptease we got. Uh, I also love how, like, you know, 
they're teenagers. So let's just open up. Oh, just some of those were probably actually clo- real teenagers too. Full close up of just really, really gratuitous shots of all these teenage cheerleaders. Oh my it's god! Like really, you know what? They didn't bury the lead. They it's did true. not. They did not. They were trying like, to bury something else, be. from what I saw. Yeah, man, trying to bury their Ewan <laughs> McGregor. I feel like Tammy the T Rex will always be a staple of <laughs> screaming. Like going well, forward. It changed how, my life. <laughs> how could it not? <laughs> like it's just, it's just crazy. Like my life can be counted in seconds as long as Tammy the T Rex is at large. I mean, come on, man. come on. Oh, that poor child. Yeah, poor me, dude. I had to watch Tammy the fucking. T- I, I just remember I was watching that shit on my phone. Just like mad (laughs) (laughs) just like come on man come on but yeah uh yeah uh, we uh, already talked earlier if you uh wanted to send us any questions or prompts to be discussed at the beginning of the next episode be sure to email us screenplayrewind at gmail.com you can follow us for show updates on twitter because jeff is too lazy to officially sign up for blue sky and we are at spr film guest (laughs) at spr film cast I know at SPR Film Guest, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Uh, we are, uh, you know, able to be rated or reviewed on whichever platform you found us on. Likes and subscriptions on YouTube are always appreciated. Thank you too. We had a few uh, recent subscribers. I saw email notifications for. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, any uh, final thoughts before I announce the uh, the next movie? Any any like final thoughts either on this movie or just like Friends and Family Month in general, Ron? I've been trying to think of a way to vamp because we're almost to the movie's runtime, and I'm really trying to make this the longest closing to an episode ever. But I can't. I can't think of anything else. All right. Yeah. Moving along. Okay. So we are on a truncated schedule because we got to get our next uh, recording in before Ron goes on vacation. So much like, and and the next one is my choice. What did we do before Friends of Family Month? Was it uh, Warrior? Yes. Was that the last one we had? Yes, I believe so. I wanted to pick a just absolute like fucking snack of a movie uh, since we're on a truncated schedule and Aurora and I had just watched this and I was like, I got to get this on the show. Ron, we're going to be covering the princess bride. Cause holy fuck. The princess bride. That sounds very familiar to me. I love the princess bride. Have, have you not seen the princess bride? Cause you're in for a fucking treat. If you uh, haven't seen the princess bride. It's not the one with the uh, the wrestler guy, right? That had the legendary Andre fart. the Giant, on, yeah, Billy Crystal, yeah, Billy Carrie Crystal, Elvis. yeah, Billy Crystal's in a, in a very very small role. It's fucking hysterical. Have you not seen the Princess Bride? Uh, I thought for sure you had seen this. This does not look familiar to me. Oh my god, the Princess Bride's awesome. You're you're for a treat. Is this the my name? My name is so and so, and I'm here to avenge. My name is Nigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. I know that meme. I, I've you have seen not that seen this meme. movie. I've never seen this movie. Holy fuck, dude! You're, you're gonna have your mind blown because this movie is fucking awesome. It's so funny. Okay, so this movie is a like lean fucking ninety minutes. It is charming and likable as all hell, and it has amazing characters to it. Like, it's it's gonna be great. You're gonna have a fun time. Hmm. Just like so fucking uh awesome. Like so many awesome one liners. It's it's just like so so charismatic with some of the characters. Yeah, I think you're gonna have a blast. Is that fucking it, 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 Zorro? Do what, sorry? I said, is that fucking Zorro in this one screenshot? Probably looking at Nico Montoya. 
Or, uh, or no, actually, he's got the, he's the, got the head the bandana and everything. Yeah, the main character has a little bit of a Zoro thing going on. I, I am I am stunned you have not seen The Princess Bride. Nope, never seen it. I, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. I, I'm excited to talk about it. And it works out, because I was just going to pick it as like a quick little thing to... Uh, yeah, that, so uh, Anigo is on the left, but the main character... Uh, is on the is on the right is like the full kind of like Zoro throwback. Uh, yeah. Hmm, so I I just picked this as a as like a snack, assuming we both already watched it, because I I thought for sure you had seen it, but I'm glad to get to introduce you to it because it's a blast. Rob I Reiner. Think, I, think, I think you'll have fun. Uh, The Princess Bride is on Disney Plus. Ooh. Uh, with just uh, your subscription that. and rentable on. Uh, like your your uh, usually I think it's on like uh, rent rentable on like Amazon. Uh, and honestly, like, easiest way to watch is just through Disney Plus, though. Disney yeah. Plus or one app. Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what we're covering next. All right, cool. Yeah, I've heard a lot about this movie, but I've never. I think uh, I think you will really like it because it. It, it is just such a charming movie, uh, and the. The characters in it are just like so fucking likable. Holy shit! It is like one of like the seven is Unicron in this. It is like one of like the absolute staples of the eighties. I would say is the Princess Bride. Miracle Max. There's a name. <laughs> of course, Billy Crystal would be Miracle Max. Of course, Peter oh, Falk is the grandfather. He might as well be the godfather. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, it's got fucking Columbo, dude. Fred Savage. Yeah, it's awesome. Wallace Shawn as <laughs> a fucking national treasure. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Probably Wallace Shawn's like most famous performance is this because he's he's hysterical in this movie. <laughs> is this the movie that would have gotten Carrie Elwes, um, uh, 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 Robin Hood Men in Tights? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a movie we absolutely need to have. Yeah, on we this totally should. Then yeah, I can't wait. I cannot wait to hear Ron's initial reactions to the Princess Bride because uh, we we watched because it. Because it creeps, it crawls. <laughs> <laughs> we uh we we watched it the other day, and it's just like you, you're watching it and then it's over. And you're just like, holy fuck! <laughs> it's such like a brisk movie that uh, especially with like us having to bump up the uh, recording time frame, like you'll you'll burn right through this. There's no there's there's no issues at all getting it in. So yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, check us out uh, next week for The Princess Bride. And thanks again, everyone, uh, for everyone who participated in Friends and Family Month. Uh, can't wait to do it again next year. Don't know what I'm going to get traumatized with next year, but it's going to happen. It's going to be great. And yeah, uh, have a good night, everybody. It is oddly silent right now. I am <laughs> totally out of drinks and voice is about to die. <laughs> <laughs>